Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, and we're back with the original co-host, Sloan Schaefer. Sloan, say hello. It's good to have you back. I'm back, it's been boys. A while. It's oh, been yeah. A while. Yeah, we're uh, I'm post bar now, so I can finally look into fantasy and uh, try to make the podcast better and make my team better at the same time. Yeah, I know oh. it's been hard for you. You've only been able to list players on the trade block and then ignore every single trade offer that comes through to you. After yeah, list that. them Sunday night before I go to bed. <laughs> the worst time for people to contact me. Uh, but that's all in the past, and I'm looking forward to getting just getting back into it. It's a lot of fun. And I feel yeah. like I have a competitive team this season as well. You do. You do, for sure. And and it's good to be back. And you're not only back with your presence, but you're also back with a few upgrades. Sloan, why don't you tell them what new things you brought to the podcast this year in your return? If the listeners haven't been able to tell already, I got the same microphone that Josh purchased last season. What, what? So hopefully the quality will be much better. Um, we also, as you heard at the beginning of this podcast, we got new intro music to make the podcast a little more lively. Oh yeah. And when you clicked on the link to listen to the podcast, you saw our new logo. Um, so that's something that we threw together and, uh, looks a little better than just the PowerPoint little drawings of, uh, two cups and a football. So <laughs> it's uh, a lot of upgrades this season and hopefully the quality of the actual content is going to be much better as well. Yeah, I feel like, and you know, we we're we're getting better. This is like we're getting into podcast number twenty, getting close, so we have a little bit of flow and just kind of how we talk about it. And I love the logo; I think it looks so much like cleaner and more legitimate. Not that the stack cup thing wasn't legitimate, but you know, we're yeah. we're growing up a little bit. This is the future of of our dynasty. Yeah, we're football. we're building this thing into something bigger and better. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I think we have a good show plan. I'm really glad to have you back, Sloan. Uh, again, a huge shout out to Matt and Brian for filling in while Sloan was studying for the bar. Uh, also giving Sloan the chance to come back with some more fantasy knowledge uh, during the summer so he could, you know, do a little bit of learning. But we're going to talk some trades. Yeah. We're going to talk some uh, picks. Uh, we're going to look back at our draft from last year and we're going to see who had the best, who had the worst from a year later. Sloan and I have each put our rankings together. And then finally, if we have some time, we'll talk a little bit about Deshaun and his value in our league. And I know Dylan's got some opinions. Sloan's got some opinions. I have some for sure. So we got a we got a good show lined up for you. I'm excited to yeah. have you back, Sloan, and talking with you about good it. Good to be back. Let's get it rolling. All right. So we'll kick it off. Uh, we had a couple of blockbuster trades happen yesterday or two days ago. Um, I think it was two days ago. I think it was on Friday. Yep. So first trade, Sloan. I know you're big on the KTC rankings. So this was. I'll, I'll set the stage a little bit too, um, because I was involved in both of the trades. Yeah, so I was really interested in the timeline of everything happening. Yes. So the first trade was with Brian. I put Joe Burrow on the trade block. I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback. You know, he's going to be good for a long time. But my window being this season, I didn't feel like Joe Burrow was a lock to be a top 10 quarterback this season specifically. And so I was like, well, I feel like I'll, I want to test the water, see what I can get for Joe. And so I list him, I get like a half offer from Mike. Brian sends, Brian, I was like, Brian, give me Mac Jones, Debo, and a first. He says DK Metcalf. I kind of view them in the same tier, so that's fine. So I think he sends that to me on Thursday night. Friday morning, I text him, send it over. Not with the intention to accept the trade immediately. 
but the night on Thursday night, I had also texted on good and said, Hey, on good, would you do my first trade was, uh, Davis mills, uh, 2024 first and Darnell Mooney for Dak Prescott. Um, he says, no way. I, I don't want to have Davis mills as my starting quarterback, which fair enough. And I say, would you do Mac Jones and Darnell Mooney for Dak Prescott? He says, yes, I'll do that. And I said, great. Just completing a trade with Brian. I'll send it over. So I had locked up the trade with Ongood before I had accepted the trade with Brian. And you probably, is it safe to say you wouldn't have done the trade with Brian if you didn't have it set up, the other trade set up with Ongood beforehand? You know, I was on the fence about it. I, I don't think my, I don't think I would have accepted it because I either wanted, so I had three players in mind of who I wanted if I was going to lose Joe Burrow. Dak was like my number one. I want it because he's still like that legacy quarterback. You know, I think he's a tier below Burrow, but he has the potential for this year, I think, to still be really good. So it's fine. Have Dak was number one. Then it was Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins were in the next year. So those were going to be the next two that I was going to target if I was losing Joe. But there was, I don't think I would have accepted the trade knowing that Mac was going to be my QB2 going into the season. I think he's a great longer-term prospect, but the Patriots receiving core this year, I don't love it. And so I don't personally think that he's, for my team, he really makes sense to be the quarterback too for this specific year. But I didn't feel like there was a big drop-off between Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins for this year. So I was fine to downgrade a little bit and see if I could get some more value. And I don't think I either downgraded and I also got more value. So I felt like it was a pretty big win. I was really surprised to see you put Burrow on the trade block last week just because of how much you loved him, especially after I traded him to you. And then to see an actual trade completed where you sent him away, I thought was surprising to me. Um, but I know that you you use your head when you do this fantasy football stuff and you think it all through. So, and especially after seeing the second trade with on good, it made a lot more sense. Yeah. I mean, nobody is safe on my team. I mean, there is literally nobody that I will not trade. I I think for me with burrow, it was okay. Burrow is not a Russian quarterback tore his ACL a year ago. He's coming off the most hype season you could possibly have takes this like bad Bengals team to the super bowl. T Higgins, incredible Jamar chase, incredible. He's in this elite tier of quarterbacks. Do I think his value goes up from where it is right now? I don't, I don't think it's certain that it does. If he has, if he has like a QB 12 year, his value is definitely down from where it was last year. And Joe Burrow had a third of his total fantasy points last year in three games. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't run as no. much as the top tier quarterbacks. No, he doesn't. So I think in my eyes, why I was not, I didn't want to move off Burrow. I wanted a good offer and I felt like I got one. I know some people may not say that offer was great for Burrow, but given the other trade that I had, it, I think it was fine for my team. Well, yeah. But, yep. But yeah, I just, I just, I, and I'm sure Brian was probably would have would have been more interested in probably moving for Dak instead of what he paid for Burrow if he knew that that was an available trade. I know you said you talked to Brian. What were his th- his thoughts on the trade? Well, w- I think looking at this first trade independently outside of the second trade, I think Brian got a better deal out of it. Um, but then you look at your second trade with On Good, and it makes a little more sense. 
Um, I don't know. I don't think Brian or on good ever contacted Brian about these players that Brian sent to you. And that's what Brian is very confused about why on good wouldn't have done that. Uh, because, uh, I think on good wanted Mac Jones and, um, yeah, it's just, Brian was a little perplexed with that. And I think I am as well. If you know that, cause like you said, you had to get the trade figured out with on good with players that you didn't even have yet that were on Brian's team. So why wouldn't on good just skip the middleman and go straight to Brian? Exactly. And this, yep. and this was part of the reason, like, I don't want to, I don't, I would have negotiated more with on good. So this I'll be very transparent about. So on good, I said, Mac and Mooney for Dak. I thought he would be like, no, I want a, my 23 first back. And I would have been cool with that. I think I would have, I would have maybe asked for a second rounder back because I got on goods 2023 first in the trade with Brian. And so I was like, oh, this will be a great trade chip with on good because I know he wants, he's in on the 2023 draft. And so I have his pick now. So it'll be pretty, I think that'll be really helpful in me trading for Dak. I did not anticipate that Ongood would not counter the Mac Jones and Darnell Mooney for Dak Prescott offer. I thought he would be a little bit more out on that. And I think that's part of the reason, you know, I'm sending trades every most, most days of the week. There are some people who don't get trade offers just because I know you won't respond to me, but for people who will respond to me, I'm sending trade offers most of the week and the, in the real, and even if you're like out on the trade, the purpose of it is to see like how interested are you in certain players so that if something does come up, like Angad and I have been talking about Darnell Mooney since the off season started. I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's a great prospect, but I know Angad also loves Darnell Mooney. And so when I include that piece in there, I think it, it carries a lot more. It's not just like a random player. It's somebody who I know he's really interested in just because of the groundwork that I've laid. So Looking at thing how, at how things stand now, are you happy with on goods first round pick, or would you have rather had Brian's at this point? I was never going to get Brian's. I didn't even. I didn't even. You didn't talk want about it, or you don't. I want it. I would have wanted it. I just don't think Brian would have given it because I think Brian knows he's rebuilding right now. And if you're a rebuilding team, one of the like number one things you should do is have your own draft pick for the next year because you just never know where it's going. I mean, if you're rebuilding, you're probably going to be bad. I'm not Brian's not in a full rebuild, but I would say after this trade, his team's definitely rough. I mean, he has the quarterback locked up, which is nice, but um, you think his team's yeah, worse I, after the trade? I think his personally, I think Brian's team is worse after the trade. Yeah, I do. And I, I just think when I look at the future of Brian's team, he gave up a lot for Joe Burrow and that's what you give up. But in my personal opinion, Unless if if you're a rebuilding team, I don't think you should ever trade for an incredibly elite quarterback because you have to cripple your team at all other position or at it. You, you cripple your team with a big asset and a pick. So now Brian's team, you know, he, he has one 23 first next year, which will be worth a good value, but he absolutely has to hit on that to even have a chance at contending. Yeah. No second round pick next season either. Yeah. So that is, and, and this is probably just a difference in philosophy, but I just don't think you trade for an elite quarterback and it sucks because, you know, you want one of those guys as like a cornerstone player, but I really think you have to draft them because 
with what you have to give up in order to get them, it's just not worth it. I know I traded for Dak, who I think is an elite quarterback, but I have the assets. I'm not a rebuilding team, right? Like I, my wide receiver depth chart is insane right now. Like if I wouldn't have made that trade, if I would have had Mooney, Metcalf, Godwin, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, like I have the assets to move that and it doesn't cripple my team at all. So I think for Brian's situation, I know a lot of people like the trade for Brian a lot. Personally, I was kind of met on it. I mean, it gives him a great player. The trade for Ungood, I, I still like it. I'm higher on Mac Jones than I think everybody else is because it seems like everybody's really low on him. But How many he passes did he throw in that one game last season? Yeah, like two. Yeah. But, I mean, he he's second-year quarterback in a good offense. I mean, not a good offense, but a good overall team. I think the potential is definitely there to thrive. I, we just did a startup dynasty draft a couple of months ago. Mac Jones went in the fourth round of the startup. So relatively to Dak, Dak's going in at the start of the second. There's not a huge jump there. I mean, I definitely think Dak is better, but you're getting somebody who's six years younger. You know, it's it's a bit more of the long-term versus short-term game. I prefer Dak, obviously, because I did the trade, but I I don't think that there's a huge difference between what the two teams did. Um, especially if you're a big believer in Mooney, I think the value is there too. So that was, that was my thoughts. What did you think of it? Sloan? I know you said about the Brian trade, any other thoughts that you had about well, it? Well, I, I think I would rather have Dak this season. I would rather have Dak than Burrow. Yeah. That was um, my thought. Yeah, exactly. Mac Jones. I, I mean, he could be good, right? Tom Brady was a, good fantasy player when he was with new england but what worries me is how long is bill belichick going to be there in new england and it might be better for mac jones if belichick left because he seems to be the coach who i mean he says it all the time he doesn't care about fantasy and um i think a lot of fantasy players on new england right now i mean there's no really studs on the roster that yeah. you want to have on your fantasy team I think on good. I think he made a mistake not talking to Brian before he uh, agreed on the trade with you. I mean, I don't know. I don't think on good was going to contend much this season anyway. So I, I don't really know what his goal was with this trade. Um, I guess it's nice having Mac Jones, a little younger quarterback and uh, Mooney as well being a, a younger wide receiver, but on good's not winning this season with that, with making trades like that, in my opinion. Yeah. I think I was talking with Mike about it. I definitely agree with what you're saying. And while I don't, I definitely don't, I've said it and I, and I don't, I'm not just saying it just to save feelings, whatever. I don't mind the trade for on good, but I think that the part about fantasy trading is even if it's not a bad trade, did you get the most value that you could have gotten out of the other person for the trade? Like, I think that's what you really have to consider. Like another example I use is like with Colin trading Cole, the 1.06 for Cole Komet and Kenny Galladay. Like if Colin loves Cole Komet and he is high enough on Kenny Galladay, it could be a fine trade in the long run. But you have to look at the trade at the point in time that it happens and say, with the perceived value of these players across the community or to the individual that is wanting to acquire them or sell them, did I get or receive the most that I could have gotten from them? And that, like, that is, that is the end of it. Like, I think that's how you have to approach all of your trades 
because it only takes a few bad trades to really cripple a team and like send things starting to spiral. I don't think on good got as much out of Dak as he could have. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, he could have gotten more. Yeah. It's so hard to get a top tier quarterback in a two quarterback uh, 10 team league. And like you were saying, you have to send out so many more stud players to actually even get talks going to get a top tier quarterback. Nobody's going to trade Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, or any of those other top tier quarterbacks without getting a big haul in return because it's so hard to get quarterbacks like that. Anyway, Mac Jones, I don't know if he's going to turn into the quarterback that Dak has been historically. Yeah, I mean, if Mac Jones is a Kirk Cousins, I mean, I think that's a pretty good career for him. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, is eternally undervalued, so that's not any slight. I think he's a he's a good quarterback, and maybe Darnell Mooney becomes a wide receiver one, and you feel good about that haul. I think what's tough is when you look at a lot, like you look at keep trade cut, for example. I know you were sending those screenshots to the group. That Dar- Mac Jones and Darnell Mooney, like th- that, looks like an overpay, right? When you look at the keep trade cut. So, I mean, it's weird. Because keep trade cut, I'm, I'm not saying it's a perfect tool. I, I have stopped using it as much as I used to, I think, when I first found it. Um, because I think it's weird in terms of how it values some players. Like Dak Prescott is a perfect example of that. Like Dak Prescott is around the same value as like a DK Metcalf. You know, you wouldn't do that trade straight up. But somehow in this like 12-team super flex, they find themselves at the same value. I know Angud is personally a little low on Dak. He just lost one of his best receivers. Michael Gallup's not going to be able to start the season. Like he's 29 years old. So he's a little bit older. I mean, I think there's justifiable reasons to be slightly down on him. Um, but yeah, it's just about the, the amount of value that you could have gotten. I think Ongood could have gotten a little bit more for me. I would have been willing to pay a little bit more. I know that's probably not a good thing to say because he's going to feel like I cheated him, but like I'm sending on good trade offers all the time. So, you know, I, I didn't cheat him. I, I thought the offer wasn't bad. Mac Jones and Darnell Mooney, like your first offer that you send most of the time is not your best offer that you're willing to agree to, right? I think we would all agree with that. You're not going to be like, this is it. This is all I'm going to ask. Is that what happened? Yeah, he just accepted straight up Mac Jones and Mooney straight up. So he didn't counter it at all. So that's what he was interested in. And I was like, fine, I'm not going to offer you more because I would be willing to pay more. That's not how things work. So yeah. I know Mike was a little salty about it. He texted me for probably about two hours straight after it happened. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fun just seeing teams make moves and then criticizing each side of it, each side of uh, the trade in terms of what they're getting. I don't know. It's, it's fun that people are, are willing to trade and I would be more willing to trade, but it's tough. And I'm in a position where, like we were talking about earlier, I need, I just need quarterbacks. And, and you have nothing to trade. You have no, you have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer that I'm willing to offer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't, if you start, if you trade one of your really good players, it totally changes the trajectory of your team. Like right. you have five guys who have legitimate value and none of them you would, you should give up for a quarterback. So. I think, yeah, me and Austin were in similar situations, needing quarterbacks if we want to do well this season, but just it's hard to get a good quarterback in this league. And 
I don't think trading Kirk Cousins for an, another mid-tier quarterback is worth it at all. I, I'm just going to stick with him. Um, no, Kirk yeah. Cousins is good. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. I, I think he's underrated. I think he's a good player to have on your roster. I mean, I think Mac Jones, like Austin would love to have Mac Jones. I'm th- I was thinking, would Ongood accept a 2023 first for Mac Jones? Probably not. Like getting a quarterback that is looking like they're a hit is it's very hard to do. So that's why I think you just have to draft them. You have to draft a quarterback in a super flex league. And, you know, I mean, I think especially at this point, Mike traded for them when I think we still didn't really know about relative QB values. So now he has like five quarterbacks on his team. But I think if Mike tried to do those trades for, you know, Tua, Zach Wilson, like those would be way harder to get done this year than they were last year. Just because I think everybody's kind of wisened up to how we should be a QBs in this league. I do think it it's a it was interesting going throughout the offseason and seeing what's going on with different quarterbacks and their teams and trying to guess who's actually going to be a starter for the upcoming season. And I think that has made quarterbacks a little more valuable, especially quarterbacks that are competing for jobs. Um, like I was not about to trade Baker or Darnold before a starter was announced because I didn't yeah. want to be on the the short end of that stick. And uh, same with Drew Locke. Like he has a shot of being a starter. And if he's not starting week one, then he could potentially start at some point throughout the season. Um, but I mean, we have some teams in our league that need quarterbacks. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, a quarterback is worth, like I said, last year, Teddy Bridgewater was getting traded for a second round pick. So, you know, Brian has a lot. Brian has eight quarterbacks on his roster right now, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, and maybe like three of them are like have a real chance to start this year. Maybe three. Yeah. Well, you look at Mariota, Geno Smith, and Joe Flacco. They're not going to have value after this season. But good for him for picking up Flacco. I'd love to see him start and do well. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I just I don't know that that those fill in quarterbacks. Yeah, they're they're just someone you try and sell for a little bit of value. I guess if one of Austin's quarterbacks gets hurt, you can sell for like a third or something. So they right. can have a starter, but yep. Any other thoughts on the trade? I feel like we covered a lot, but mm, no, I mean, it, it's fun seeing players get moved and just, I'd like to hear on goods response to us talking about him, not going to Brian before accepting your trade, Josh. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can have him on. We can talk about it in the season, but yeah, Definitely. For now, it's a closed case. No bad blood. I think it's fun to see player movement. I love talking trades. I was pretty gassed on Friday. Uh, like once I got it all done, it's mm-hmm. it's very fun. So cool. All right, let's move on to uh, next part of the show. So set the stage. What we've done, uh, we went back. We looked at every single pick from the startup draft last year. And we said, was this player a hit? Was it like a looking back? Was it like a fine pick? Um, you know, just kind of like you'd still be happy with it. It's, you know, just whatever. It, it's not maybe you, there was a better player you could have picked or maybe the relative value isn't, you know, maybe it's within one or two rounds from where it was last year. That's a mid. And then we looked at misses. So we did this for all 10 teams from rounds one to 22. Sloan and I have each put together the rankings of one year removed, uh, the 
one through 10 of who, of how we drafted in the last year. Were you going to say something, Sloan? Do we want to start with the team we think did the best job or the team that we think did the worst job? I kind of want to start with best and then work our way down to worst, but I think that's, I think that's the more fun way to do it because everybody's, you know, yeah. Cause best is so obvious that it's kind of like, it won't be that fun when we get up to it, you know? And I think we'll still have the energy to talk about the worst team when we get there. So, and and I I think think if, if we went from 10 to one, it's like, okay, you know, some people, yeah, if you were number one, number two, number three, you're pretty happy, but for the listener's sake, once we get down to nine and 10, it's like, okay, who's, who do uh, Josh and who's Sloan think did the worst? Yeah. 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 So the way we did this, it's not totally scientific. We looked at some relative ADP from this year to last year. Um, and then it kind of, some of it was like a gut thing about like, Hey, was this just like a good quality pick at that point in the draft? So it, it leaves it up for a little bit more debate. Sloan, I know we talked about it briefly beforehand. We both have the same person, uh, one year removed from the draft, still having done the best overall. Why don't you tell them who it is? So the person we have ranked number one who had the best original initial draft uh, going into our dynasty league was Mr. Dylan Shake. Congrats, Dylan. Congrats. Josh, you want to go over those uh, big hits that he got? Yeah, so we've done, I have like a hit section and then there's like bolded with big hits. Essentially, the story of Dylan's draft is I don't think he honestly missed a pick until the 16th round. I have one miss at Chase Claypool in the seventh round. I think Claypool is probably going around like his ADP in a 2QB is around 12 or 13 right now. But Dylan fucking nailed the startup draft. Josh Allen, first overall. Justin Jefferson, second round pick. DeAndre Swift, Kyle Pitts. J.K. Dobbins in the eighth round. Michael Pittman in the 10th round. Deshaun Watson in the... Asterisk 13th on that round. One. Yeah, it's an asterisk, but even I, I mean, I'm just saying we did a startup draft a couple months ago and Deshaun Watson went seventh overall in that draft. That was still when it was looking more likely that he would play. I bet he's still going in the third round of most two QB startups. So getting him in the 13th last year, incredible other hits that I didn't have as huge Marquise Brown, Kristen Kirk. I mean, and, Dylan, and those were Marquise Brown was round 14. Kirk was 19. Cause I do think it's, it is very much dependent on when these guys were drafted, uh, if they were a hit or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just, he didn't, he didn't miss at all. At all. It was, it's, and I know he prepared the least out of anyone, maybe Tommy or Austin. I don't know, but it just, it makes me so scared to do like any moves with Dylan. Cause I feel like he has like the magic finger on this dynasty league. Uh, after looking at this draft, what were your thoughts on Dylan's draft? Well, I think it makes sense that he hasn't traded that much over the past year because his team is really good and he did a great job drafting. I think Deshaun Watson, we'll get into this later, but I don't think he's going to play this season. Um, I really think Chase Claypool was maybe the only real miss that he had. Um, and he took him in the seventh round. David Johnson, you have listed as a miss, he was taken in the 16th round. You have Young Ho Koo on there. Is he the only kicker that you put on this entire sheet, Josh? Well, basically everybody missed round 16 through 22, except for like one player. But Dylan had a few hits in round 18 and 19 that I thought were good enough. So I had to specifically list some of the like 16, 17 players. Um, but yeah, he's the only kicker I had on here. Everybody missed with the kicker, obviously, because we got rid of him. But well, I, I think Josh Jacobs 
could be considered a, a hit as well. In the fifth it's, round? i very against that one. I think Josh yeah. Jacobs, yeah, I mean, I think he's mid. Like, he's a fine running back. I think there's some questions about his future. Um, I don't think he has any RB1 upside. And if you look at startups now, he's going in about the fifth round. So I think it was a fine place for him to get drafted. And I don't think he really produced enough last year to be like, oh, it was definitely a hit. Because that's also mm-hmm. the piece of it. You can't just look at ADP. You also have to look at their production last year to see if yeah. it was worth it too. So uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't have a way to look at our league's rankings for players. Is that right? Because when you go to their player profile on Sleeper, you see the standard ranking and the PPR ranking. Exactly. Yeah. So we're yeah. half PPR. So we're somewhere just kind of in between those two. So I would Josh imagine. Ja- yeah. Josh Jacobs uh, standard ranking last year was 15 and his PPR ranking was 11. So I assume our league's ranking is somewhere in between those two. Yeah. And I think that's pretty good. It's a fine for a fifth round pick. That's why I said it's mid. I think that's right. like a, a, a you're there's definitely better players. He could have gone, I think in the fifth round, like, you know, he could have taken like a Cooper cup like that went in the sixth round. Obviously that would have been an insane reach. He could have taken Jamar chase who went later in the fifth round. Right. So there was still yeah. some really good value, I think left on the board there. Yeah. So that's kind of why I put him. Yeah. There. So yeah, Josh and I very much in agreement having him uh, Dylan as number one. Yeah. Dylan was awesome. All right. Who'd you have to Sloan? Uh, I had Colin. Did you have, and to, well, to, to preface this, Josh and I were talking before the podcast, it was really difficult to rank everyone outside of, uh, number one and number 10. We, uh, yeah, we both agreed that it was really difficult. Yeah. I had, so second overall, I had Tommy as the second best draft overall, which is really just a okay. true slap in the face to the number of mock drafts, Matt, Brian, Mike, and I did over the course of the year, but I had Tommy second overall. Why don't you say why you had Sloan or why you had Colin at, at second overall? I think he had a lot of big hitters. Um, I think with Justin Herbert, Cooper Cup in the sixth round, and then him being the one of the high was he the highest scoring overall or just a uh, non quarterback player last I, season? I think I don't know. It might have been non QB. Anyway, yeah, he was insane. Yeah, Debo as well. Um, you have Derek Carr listed in the hits. Um, getting him in the thirteenth thirteenth round, he's not a top tier quarterback, but he's still consistent um he does have some down weeks but in the 13th round i think that's fine um and then i also looked at his misses deandre hopkins he drafted him in the fourth round i don't know if that's a miss obviously he's not playing a portion of the season this year um but he's still good some of his knocks some of uh, collins knocks were miles sanders in the fifth round that's not great um but uh for his mid uh tier picks russell wilson in the second round travis kelsey in the third Thielen in the 10th um daryl henderson in the 11th i he produced pretty well last season when he was getting a lot of touches um so i think he at least for last season's purposes uh henderson could have been moved up a little bit maybe to the hit uh section but um yeah, it, he had some really good hits uh, with Herbert Cup, Samuel, uh, Debo, and yeah, I just, I don't know. It was really hard yeah. to, to look at these. And like you were saying, it, we didn't really, there's no scientific way to rank everyone. Yeah, I mean, Colin definitely had the, like, just 
Herbert Cup Samuel, like Cup and Samuel are massive hits. Like Cup is going in second round, Debo Samuel going in like second to third round of super flex startups. Like those are league winners. Those are almost why Colin did win the league. He didn't, but he was super close to it because of those two guys. So, you know, I, I think I have no problem with Colin in second. I just felt like the misses on DeAndre Hopkins and Miles Sanders were pretty big. Um, and he, and I know I had Derek Carr. You'll see when we are talking through this, a lot of the hits are, are QBs, right? Because I think we still undervalued QBs quite a bit when we did our startup draft. Like some of the guys we were taking before QBs looking back, it's just insane. So, you know, Derek Carr, but I, I just think he didn't have quite the quantity and, and, Colin missed every single pick from round 14 through 22. So I, I thought that was a pretty big window for him to, you know, a lot of people had at least some, one kind of mid pick in that range, but to miss every single player from that point on, I think is pretty, pretty significant. Yeah. For my number two, I had Tommy. Um, and the real thing with Tommy is obviously Jamar chase, absolute home run hit. Like, fifth round is insane, right? Like he's a first round player now in, in startup. So, you know, that was good on Tommy. Obviously I think, I think what helped Tommy is, is not doing research when it came to Jamar chase. Cause I think a lot of us had read about like his drops and like, Oh, he's, he's going to be bad now. Cause he's dropping balls in the preseason. Um, and there was no reason he should have gone in the fifth round last year. He's like mm-hmm. an elite, elite talent. So I had him. And then basically Tommy did not miss until the ninth round. And that, I think that was why I put him second on my list. And that was Michael Carter at nine. And I think he got decent production from Michael Carter last year. It was unfortunate that they drafted Brees Hall. So this is kind of an asterisk miss. His next miss was Tyler Boyd in the 12th round. So basically, I don't think he really missed. Are we uh, skipping Jameis Winston? I don't think Jameis Winston is a miss. Personally. I don't think he is. When I saw you had him in the miss column, I... I was. Oh, I switched it. I switched it. Okay. So I did make some adjustments last night. I was going through and doing my rankings. Okay. I moved Winston to mid. I still think 10th is it's, I don't think it's a hit by any stretch because I think Winston is in that tier of like Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, kind of these like starting QBs that have some question marks. Um, so I, I don't think it was technically a hit, but I'm fine putting it in mid. So I really don't think Tommy had a real miss until the, the 12th round. And even Tyler okay. Boyd's not that bad, honestly, at that point. And then also his two hits of Rashad Bateman and Amon Ra in 14 and 15. Those, like, I don't have those as bolded because they're not elite players yet, but those are like top seven round players now. So he really did a good job in those later rounds of getting some good value. And I think he drafted really well to win last year, even though some of the players value may have gone down, mm-hmm. they helped him accomplish his goal enough that I think it was worth it. Yeah. Um, do we want to, do you want me to tell you where I had Tommy or do we want? Yeah. To, tell, uh, or just wait. We can I wait. I think we wait. Let's wait. Yeah. And then wait, cause we've already talked about it. And do you have any other thoughts on Tommy's draft mm, that you had? Said? No, I, I wanted to bring up Winston, but you said you moved him. Um, Mike Evans was taken in the seventh. And you have Mike Evans in the the little mid tier um, slash TBD column, so I guess that's understandable. Looking at it now and discussing yeah. with it with you, I might have moved Tommy up a little bit in the rankings, but um, to where I have him. But yeah, I mean, Tommy did a good job. He won the league last season, so he should be ranked high. Yeah, 
I agree. Who's All right, who's your third? Now you go first. I had Matt. Oh, I didn't say where I had Colin. I had Colin. Oh. Uh, Are we oh, waiting? Oh, no, we're not. We're waiting. Yeah, we're yeah, waiting. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot. So third overall, I actually had myself. And okay. I'll go first because I don't want to be too biased. And I know I, I struggled to not be too biased. I missed so hard in the second and third rounds drafting yeah, with Gip, Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards Alaire. I think the problem for me in round two and three was that I had just found the dynasty fantasy football subreddit like three weeks before our startup draft. And when it comes to like camp hype preseason hype, it is a absolute cesspool of like, Oh, this guy's about to pop off. He's going to be insane. And, and Antonio Gibson was Christian McCaffrey light at this point. And CEH was like the undoubted number one running back on the best offense in the NFL. Yeah. So I reached for both of these guys. In retrospect, it was bad. I should not have done it. Um, and Gibson held enough value that I got some decent out of it, decent benefit out of him. CEH is like a 12th round running back right now. I think Gibson's probably going around seventh or eighth. So that's quite a huge, those are huge misses in my book. The only reason I had myself third overall is because I think I did pretty well in the I had some other big hits, CD in the fourth, Javante in the fifth, T Higgins in the sixth, Mac Jones in the 11th, Kirk Cousins in the 13th, and Mike Williams in the 15th. Those were all the hits that I had. And I felt like those hits were big enough to outweigh the two big misses on Gibson and CEH. Because I after the, my other misses, you know, I had Lockett in the ninth, Zach Moss in the 10th. Lockett held good enough value last year. He still finished as a top 15 wide receiver. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I was looking back and I only have for my original roster that I drafted. I only have three players that are still on my team uh, from that point, wow. which is Kyler Murray, uh, TJ Hawkinson and Irv Smith jr. So my first seventh and 17th round picks. So there's been a lot of turnover on my team, but I, I think because I drafted, I think insanely well in four through six and even Hawkinson. And, and I think I did really well in rounds four through eight. Um, yeah, one player you haven't mentioned yet is Michael Thomas in the eighth round. I would put him as a miss. Didn't play last season. Doesn't have Drew Brees. There's other talented wide receivers on the roster with Olave and Landry. And then you also have Kamara coming out of the backfield that also uh, can dilute Michael Thomas's uh, receptions. This is a fair crit- critique of these rankings and I just fucking love Michael Thomas. He is yep. so good. Like, uh, so good. How can he just become so bad? I just, I, I can see why he could have been a miss in the eighth round. That's fair. He reminds me of Antonio Brown a lot in terms of like what I think is going to happen to him. Yeah. Like just too much of a diva. Those big name wide receivers, they get two in their heads and they think they're, they're, uh, they're too good for, for everyone. And, I'm interested to see how he plays this season. I mean, I've been trying to trade for him. I I love Michael Thomas. I have him on my other dynasty team in my other league. I mean, I just think the talent is there. Like, it seems to me like more of a health issue rather than like an attitude issue. So, I don't know. It's hard to pass up that upside, especially in the mid rounds when it's still a little bit of a crapshoot. So, that's yeah. why I put him in the mid. But I can understand why it would be a miss. We know how good he can be. Yeah. So, he could be. he could get back to that. So why did why you had Matt third overall? Tell me about what 
uh, what moved Matt's team there for you? Uh, he had, I don't know. I, I, man, these doing these rankings were hard. He had Lamar Jackson in the first round, Najee Harris in the second round, um, Mark Andrews in the sixth, Tom Brady in the 10th and Pat Firemouth in the 15th. And then, and those are who you have listed, at least on my sheet for his hits. You look down at his misses. I mean, I guess he did have some some big misses with Miles Gaskins in, in the seventh, Julio Jones in the eighth, um, and some other players down there. And I are we gonna send this sheet out to everyone just so they can sort of look yeah, at it? Yeah, I think I, I can yeah, share I it with everyone. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um but uh I don't know. I think with his hits, they were big hits, they worked out well. Um yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. It was it was really difficult looking at these and trying to figure out some sort of order. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I personally think I would have moved Colin up a little bit retrospectively just because he hit so hard. On Matt's, I think it was a fine draft. I mean, from round 7 through 22, he, only, he had two mid-picks, which were Tom Brady in the 10th and Daniel Jones in the 13th, and then one hit, but that's Pat Fryermuth in the 15th with it's like a relative hit. I don't think that's like a huge league winning hit. Mm -hmm. So I think he struggled after the sixth round, but you know, in fantasy, like hitting your first six picks, like that's a big deal. So I think putting him at the fourth overall or third overall spot, I think we're at fourth or we're at third. That was third. Yep. Yeah. So putting him at third, I think is, it makes that makes sense. If you hit your first six picks, odds are your team is going to be in fine shape. It's when you start missing early round picks that when you really start getting yourself in trouble because you really have to make it up with some of the like less proven players. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that with some of these other managers. Yeah. Who'd you have fourth? I had you fourth. Any other thoughts you want to add beyond what I said? No, no, not. uh, Yeah, no. For my fourth, I actually had Brian uh, fourth overall. And you know, Brian had kind of a weird draft. Um, I think he panicked a little bit after his draft happened, but I actually think he had quite a good draft. Uh, if he would have held his original roster until the end of this year, I think things would have still been still been pretty good for him. So his big hits, I had Aaron Rodgers in the seventh, Zach Wilson in the ninth. Both of those guys are going to go way earlier in any startup. I think we severely undervalued QBs when we did our startup. That was great value to get those guys then. Um, I think his his big misses were Allen Robinson in the fifth round and Ezekiel Elliott in the second round. Zeke is still a good quarter, uh, is still a good running back. He had a good year last year. So saying that as a miss, it's tough. But given that Brian immediately went into rebuild mode right after the draft ended, I felt like that definitely was a miss in retrospect. Um, CMC in the first round, I could have probably had that as a miss, I think, given. I would I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I had it as a mid just because he's still I still think people are insanely high on CMC. He's like RB1 this year for a lot of people's rankings. And so I, you know, if you took CMC in the second round of a startup, that wouldn't be too bad. And that's a pretty significant drop from the third overall pick to now being a second round pick. So maybe that is a miss, but I don't know. I felt like Brian actually did okay. He had some good later hits. Darnell Mooney in the 14th, Gabe Davis in the 18th. Uh, Jimmy G in the 22nd. I didn't have that as a hit, but that's kind of a mid Elijah Moore in the 10th, Matt Ryan in the 13th. I think he did pretty well in his 
his mid to late draft where a lot of other teams didn't. He didn't do very well at the start of his draft, which I think hurt him. Most people hit on their first round pick and Brian missing on debatably his first and second. Not extremely. It's not like the players are worth nothing, but I think it's a decent miss. So that's yeah, why I, I don't have Brian ranked as high. I think Zach Wilson is not a hit at, in the ninth round. I also wow. don't see at this point, I don't see Gabe Davis as a hit in the 18th round. I know a lot of people being his current owner, a lot of people are high on him this season. Um, really you're being the, the number two. <laughs> They're not. Josh, you got I said you're not. No, I said oh. you're not. No, I know a lot yeah, yeah, of people yeah. are. Um, but I, I think at this point he hasn't produced enough to warrant being a hit for Brian in the 18th round. I think Mixon, I think he was a hit in the fourth round. I, he puts up a lot of points, and I think he's going to continue to do it uh, in this upcoming season. And you said a little bit about it with Jimmy G in the 22nd round. I think that's a good selection. I don't know if I would consider it a hit, but seeing what happened to Jimmy G and also maybe he's going to go to Cleveland and start for the Browns when Watson gets suspended. Um, But with Zeke, I think it's a big swing and a miss with him drafting him in the second round and seeing how he turned out. Um, And I believe those are all my thoughts on Brian. Yeah, honestly, going back, I think from rounds, like I said, basically everybody missed round 16 through 22, except for maybe one pick that was either like a hit or a mid. I would have just drafted quarterbacks that whole way, I think, going back, because it's such a crapshoot. Like Mm -hmm. the skill position players are going to suck. If you can get a quarterback that's going to start a few games, that's better than 90% of picks that you're going to get there. So it was a good lesson, I think, for future drafts. Yep, for sure. Uh, Who'd you have for five? Five, I had Ongood at fifth overall. Okay. I had Tommy. Tommy fifth. Okay. Yeah. We had a very different ranking. So you can, I mean, when you see the spreadsheet, you'll be able to kind of do your own interpretation. I think it's really grouped up in the middle area there. And I think you can see with our rankings, that's kind of the case. For Ongood, I had fifth overall just because I felt like he didn't really. I feel like Ongood just had a fine draft. Like he didn't miss that hard his only big miss was Calvin Ridley in the fourth round that I had. And I think that's so incredibly unlucky. I think it was, it was a good pick at the time. And I think like he was a 26 year old receiver, clear number one on a Falcons team that liked to throw the ball a lot. Like it just made sense to get that unlucky that he would get suspended for a year. And then also take basically the whole whole year off for mental health. It's really unfortunate. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I had his next myth as miss as LaBisca Chenault in the 11th. So basically from rounds one to 11, he didn't miss his only two hits were his quarterbacks with Dak in the second and Jalen hurts in the fifth. I also had Tua in the ninth as I just felt like his value is likely, you know, again, I was, I was probably weighted more towards quarterbacks when looking at these rankings, just because I feel like they hold their value a lot more year to year. Um, you know, he, he drafted a team that allowed him to compete pretty, pretty quickly um, you know, had some good assets that he could trade away as well. Got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So I think he had a fine draft. No, no really significant misses. Um, and maybe he could have been higher up on this list, but I just felt like he didn't have any of those like home runs that a, a few of the other teams that I mentioned have had later on in the draft. So that's kind of why he sat at fifth for me. Yeah. I don't think I have much else to say about on good than everything you said. You said you had, I for fifth I had Tommy any other thoughts on Tommy nope yeah 
Tommy Jamar Chase in the fifth. That was insane. Mm-hmm. All right. Sixth. Who'd you got? I had myself. Okay. Why'd you have yourself? Who'd you have? I had Matt. Okay. Um, I had myself. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know why you put Dalvin cook. Uh, I drafted him in the first round as sort of a, a mid uh, selection. Yeah. Dalvin cook. You think he's a hit? Yeah, I guess he's not a hit either, but <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, you should do some bolds for the uh, middle section. Bold I don't mids. Know. You have bold for <laughs> hits and bold for misses. Um, it's same with Devonte Adams. Um, for my hits, you have Joe Burrow in the fourth round, Fournette in the twelfth round, um, and I disagree with having Ramondre as a hit in the nineteenth round. Yeah, it's good that James White retired, but he's still going to be competing with Damian Harris, and he hasn't really produced anything at all yet. Um, yeah. So I probably would have thrown him in the the middle column or middle row. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had some misses. James Robinson in the fifth. I'm glad I traded him away when I did. Um, Baker, Mostert, yeah, probably in the tenth round. That's a miss. Um, Chase Edmonds. I don't know if I would consider him a miss yet. He did a really good job. I drafted him in the seventh round. He was a good player for me last season. It's with him being on uh, in a crowded backfield with uh, uh, Miami this season. We'll see how that plays out, but I, I think I had an okay draft. That's why I have myself as sixth. But um, yeah, that's like you were saying when you were talking. We were talking about you. It's hard to be a little impartial when talking about your own team. Yeah, I think the fact that you had yourself as sixth probably means you know that you kind of had a bad draft deep down when you're thinking about it because I personally did not like your like as I looked back on it, I did not like it that much at all. I felt like it was more of a redraft draft than like a uh, dynasty draft as I was looking at it. Um, you know, I you missed rounds five, six, seven, eight with James Robinson, Brandon Ayuk in the sixth, Chase Edmonds in the seventh, Baker Mayfield in the eighth. I still feel, I mean, they're not huge misses. I think James Robinson and Brandon Ayuk in five and six, I'd say those are big misses. Um, the Ayuk one was kind of weird. It felt like he would be good. And then he just like totally got benched. That was yeah. pretty at this unfortunate. Point, at this point, Ayuk's a miss. I yeah. am excited to go over these after this season. Yeah, it'll be good because we can revisit again in a year yeah. and kind of see where it's at. But I don't know. I, I And then your mids, Devontae Adams third, Dalvin Cook first, Tyreek Hill second. You know, those were good picks. They're fine. You didn't miss in the first four rounds, which I think is why, you know, I think it's okay. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. You got lucky with the Fournette pick. There was no reason to think that that would be a good one. And then, like you said, the Ramondre one. So I feel like you only had one real hit in Joe Burrow in the fourth. And so I feel like because of the, the like lack of big hits and mostly mid picks, I think maybe in retrospect in that first round, when you drafted Dalvin cook, I feel like that was a big redraft pick to have taken Dalvin cook there. You should have gone QB. Yeah. So. I see nothing wrong with that. Um, you said you had Matt for sixth. And we, we already went Matt, over him. Yep. Matt, sixth, um, seventh. I had Colin. I had Brian. Okay. And we already went over both of those. Eight. I had Austin. 
I also had Austin eight. So there we go. We had one other match. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you tell them why Austin's eighth overall? Austin is eighth overall um, because uh, not not many hits. Uh, Saquon was also a big miss, in my opinion, in the second round. You don't have him listed as a miss, but I think he was a miss in the second round. Uh, Terry McLaurin in the fourth, I also don't think should be in the middle column, should also be a miss. Um, wow. I think overall, just a lot of the middle section people that you have listed could be considered misses and Jonathan Taylor, big hit at number one. I don't know if Stafford is a hit at, in the seventh round. That's objectively wrong. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Stafford okay. is undoubtedly a hit. He's a top. He's, he's like a top 11, top 10 dynasty quarterback. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. All right. I think but, Stafford's I mean, probably going to, if we redo the draft today, I think Stafford goes in the first three rounds. Okay. I feel pretty good. About well, that. you still have Austin ranked eighth in the rankings is, is the same as me. So I, why? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, 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 Jonathan Taylor, I have as a hit just because I think if your first round pick turns out to be a good player, I think that's a hit because the first round pick is so incredibly important. Like, I think he feels good about taking Jonathan Taylor there. I had Stafford in the seventh, like you said. The reason why I had him eighth, similar to you, just not a lot of hits, a lot of fine mid-round picks, um, you know, missing on Chris Carson in the sixth round. That was a big reach, I think, even at the time. And then missing rounds, nine, Ronald Jones, 10, Rondale. Unfortunately, Rondale is a miss. I still believe in him, but yeah. it was a little early to take him. OBJ in the 11th. And then basically missing in rounds uh, 16 through 22, just like everybody else did. So I think he had a fine draft in terms of if he had a lot of mid picks. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I really honestly felt like from three through eight, the margin was very close on mine. I felt like nine and 10 and one were a little bit closer. But I do agree Austin was probably the worst just because he had a lower quantity of hits. Yep. All right. Nine. Who'd you have? I had on good and you had me. I had you. I can't yep. believe you had on good below you. That's crazy. Sloan. I don't know, man. You're saying you only had really one hit in the draft. Like one big hit. All right. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It happens. I made moves during the, the season. You did. Um, you did. I like, I love to look back at the CMC trade I had with Brian and looking at the two players that I sent him in, um, uh, Rieger and, uh, Henry Ruggs. and Ruggs. Yeah. Yeah. I love you it. You don't regret it though. Like, would you still rather have CMC right now than Joe Burrow? Cause that's what it cost you to get CMC like in the uh, heart of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. It's tough. Cause you also got Kirk cousins. Who's a good quarterback. So basically you traded, Joe Burrow for Kirk Cousins, CMC, and Gronkowski. I'm trying so. to prove or show to you guys that you don't need an elite quarterback to win this league. I'm trying to be that example. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be tough to prove, but maybe. Yep. Maybe we'll make the playoffs. All right. We've gone through everyone except for, for who obviously sits yep. at the bottom. They, you guys could have guessed it. It's big Mike Wood at Sorry, 10. Mike. Atrocious, atrocious draft for Mike Wood, honestly. Yeah. Who would have thought drafting three quarterbacks in your first three picks wouldn't have worked out? 
I don't think that was the problem, though. I honestly think that, that was the, the best part of Mike's draft. It was drafting. It was once Mike started to draft skill players, that's when I think things really fell off the rails for Mike. Personally. Yeah, lots of misses. Lots of misses. I mean, Waddle in the ninth was an incredible pick. Patrick Mahomes first overall. I think that's a great pick. The mids I have is Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. And then that's more of like a TBD. I think that's still probably around their draft capital, but it's kind of hard to know. And I, and having talked to Mike a lot, I know he's not trading those quarterbacks. So he's going to ride them out, you know, maybe until they start to falter a little bit. And then he tries to swindle somebody for a deal in the middle of the season when they need a quarterback. But Mike basically missed on like almost all of his skill players that he drafted. Um, Trey Sermon in the sixth, Damien Harris in the seventh, Noah Fant in the eighth, Terrace Marshall in the 10th, Corey Davis in the 12th, Sam Darnold in the 13th. He got great value for Sam Darnold. So good for Mike. I, you know, I think the only, Mike's team is still in great shape right now. So this is no critique of his. He did an incredible job moving this garbage draft into really good players. I mean, Darren Waller in the fourth was kind of a, I mean, it wasn't super reach at the time, but he definitely didn't make sense for the construction of his team. Traded him for two firsts. I think Mike has made out well, but on draft day, oof, man, it was it was an ugly sight. I think to to see this team. I mean, it it's just yeah, it's it's like a if he drafted it today, I think he'd still be okay just because of Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. He can move some of those QBs for value, but I think it's pretty rough. Yeah, I would agree with all that. It just didn't work out for him, unfortunately, and now he's sitting at the bottom of the league, in my opinion, trying to fight his way from going to Waffle House. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Mike's? Uh, no, just want to tell him good luck for the season. Yeah, good luck, Mike. I'll be excited to e-visit you when you're at the Waffle House in this winter. Can't wait. I know. He tried to get the punishment down to 12 hours during the offseason, but no chance. Yep. All right, last piece. Uh, we'll briefly touch on Deshaun Watson. Oh, maybe we should just quickly summarize our rankings real quick before we do that. I'll do mine, then you do yours. So rankings, okay. first overall, Dylan, then Tommy, then me, Brian, Ongood, Matt, Colin, Austin, Sloan, and then Mike. Who'd you have, Sloan? I had Dylan, Colin, Matt, Josh, Tommy, Sloan, Brian, Austin, Ongood, Mike. Yeah. It's a cool. pretty aligned. I mean, and then in the middle, I think we did okay. Yeah. All right, so let's talk to Sean. Um, you know, we're not NFL analysts. Um, so, you know, we don't have any scoops, obviously I haven't text texted Matt Kuyper jr. About this, but, um, Sloan, I know Dylan's thinking Deshaun isn't going to get suspended for the whole season. What are your thoughts about Deshaun's value? I know you had questioned whether or not he was a hit overall. What are you, what are you thinking about Deshaun? I think we're going to get news about his suspension soon. And I think it's going to be for at least a season, which drops his value down a lot. Looking at how he played in the preseason game, I know it's preseason and it doesn't mean much, but he didn't play well. He's been, he hasn't been playing for uh, over a year and he's not getting any younger. He's on a, in my opinion, a bad team. And I, I don't see him worth that much other than someone that you can try to get value out in terms of trading him. I don't think he's going to be able to produce much on a team and especially when he's not playing. Wow. That's quite a take, Sloan. Yeah. You're out on him. You think he's just bad? I think he's just bad. 
Okay, I, I mean, definitely disagree with that. Okay, uh, sure. I Hey, if he plays this season, I can't wait to watch him crash and burn. Here's the conundrum with Deshaun. I mean, he's an app. I mean, what he has done is absolutely horrendous. Like, there's no way that there's not something that happened there, right? Like, it's, I think that is impossible to argue, personally. I'm not going to get into it on this. Um, he's. I still think he's a great fantasy football player and probably he will be a great fantasy football asset going forward, which sucks because nobody wants to root for a player like that. One thing I will bring to light that I thought was interesting. I'm not saying we should do this, but I think it is an interesting thing to consider. I was reading on the subreddit is one league. Uh, so I, I saw this as well. Yeah. They, they banned Deshaun Watson. They voted to ban him from the league. And, you know, Obviously, like there's a lot that goes into this. The 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 way the band started is the person who had him nominated him to be a player that was banned. Like he's still an asset that is worth something. Like you could get good value for Deshaun Watson if you traded for him. I know people who have tried to trade for him. Whatever. You want to trade for him? Fine. He's kind of like a gross player to have on your team. Like to be rooting for Deshaun, I think would make a lot of people feel kind of gross, especially in like the the realm of our like, you know pay like very small stakes fantasy football league that we we manage i kind of like the general idea of being able to nominate a player for suspension i definitely understand why people wouldn't want to just because it's like you know it can it would probably really hurt dylan's team if we like banned deshaun watson from our fantasy football league because like he doesn't have great qb depth so i think it would help him because then you could pick up another player i mean that's 100% false. He's definitely better than like any QB that's on waivers. All right, man, we'll see. It's a good thing you, uh, he's not on your team because you would have probably been swindled for what you were trading him for. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it's gross. I don't think he plays this year. I think the fact that he tried to offer eight games in a $5 million fine. And now he's coming out as being remorseful. I don't know if you saw that the other day, but he's like, I'm sorry for all the other people that I've impacted by doing this. I'm happy you agree with me that he's not going to play. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. I just think he knows he's, he's in trouble. I think he knows that he's like his fan, his football time is in, is in, is in trouble. And so now he's coming out like saying, Oh, I'm sorry for the people I've impacted this previously up until that interview a couple of days had never admitted any wrongdoing, never did anything wrong. I just think he's a scummy dude and it sucks that he's going to make $230 million fully guaranteed. And it sucks that he's probably going to come back and be really good in fantasy because he's going to become an asset that like is going to be beneficial to have on your team. And I, and there are definitely other players in the NFL that are like this um, that have done bad things like this. I just think the scale at which this has happened um, and the recency of it, the combination of both of those things make it feel like kind of a gross situation uh, to like talk about like his fantasy outlook as a player. And so I just hope he doesn't play so we don't have to think about it for another year. And then in a year coming back, we can revisit it. And, you know, maybe there's more punishment. Maybe there's less. Maybe I don't know. Um, but I just hope it's not. A, I, I don't enjoy talking about Deshaun Watson because I absolutely love fantasy football and I feel like this really takes away from like when you have to consider this kind of stuff with certain players and there's other players that I've drafted and traded for who also have checkered pasts of doing bad things so I can't say I'm like holier than now when it comes to this but it is kind of in a very 
disturbing, unfortunate situation, in my opinion. In a fantasy sense, it is, I think, pretty unique, um, especially having him in a dynasty at this point and with everything going on. I think it's good that Dylan has Jimmy G on his roster as well because there's been a lot of rumors going around that if Watson gets suspended and Cleveland's going to try to get Jimmy G. Um, so that, you know, it could be worse for Dylan, but I don't think it's going to be as good as I hope he can hear me right now, but I don't think it's going to be as good as he thinks it's going to be. No. And I'm sure Dylan probably feels kind of gross, like cheering for a shorter suspension for Deshaun Watson. So that's the piece that I'm, I don't feel like bad for Dylan at all because like, whatever, but, um, I think that's all the thoughts that I have. I don't know. I don't love Same. talking about him. So yep. it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting way to conclude. Well, great, Sloan. I think this has been a successful comeback. I'm so glad to have you back talking regular season. This is where this is your sweet spot of fantasy analysis. I know rookies aren't quite your, your cup of tea. So it was great to have Brian and Matt, but I'm glad you're back as we start jumping into the regular season. It's good to be back, Josh. I love uh, doing this with you. It's always something to look forward to. Yeah, me too. Well, I'll see you in a couple of weeks at Boys Weekend. I know we're all excited to get up, meet together, um, and then we'll probably film a podcast while we're down there. So we'll have to decide yeah. what we want to talk about. But this has been a fun one. So thanks, Lon. Yep. Back at you, Josh.